0: Hi everyone, um, and welcome to the NeuroDiverse Universe podcast with myself, Ben Holmes from Autism and Neurodiversity Coaching. Um, today's guest is Lucy Hillary, who's an autistic advocate. So welcome, Lucy. Hi, Ben. Um, so we'll get into it. Um, so you know, I have a few sort of normal questions, standard questions, should I say, not normal ones, but standard questions I normally ask. Uh, and then we'll see where we go from there. Um so the first question I normally ask is when we actually diagnose if you were as being um, autistic.
1: Okay, so obviously I've been autistic all of my life, but I wasn't actually diagnosed until I was thirty-one. So I was late diagnosed um, mm-hmm. as autistic, and yep. I guess I always knew I was like different. I always mm. knew that I didn't fit in. And I always knew there was some just something. Um, And then it just finally, someone sent me like a questionnaire in work. It was just like a fun little, you know, one of those newspaper ones, like, could you be autistic? And then I scored quite highly on it. So I was a bit, so I started researching what it actually was because I didn't hit any of the stereotypes at all or what I would consider the generalized stereotypes anyway. And I actually was like, Oh, actually, that makes sense. And I understand that now. Yeah. And then, Eventually, I pushed the doctor to go down that route of a diagnosis in the UK. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what uh, what did the diagnosis mean to you in terms of you know making your life better, worse, no difference, or in between?
1: I mean, initially, I was re- I was relieved because it gave me that I wouldn't say label. It gave me that reason as to why I didn't fit in. Yeah. But then I was angry because I'd gone through all the school and everything, struggling with certain things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I kind of almost grieved for my prior life Yeah. in a way because I was like, well, I'm not like any of those things. So I've had to basically relearn in the past three years because I'm 34 now. So I've had to relearn in the past three years all about myself, what my diagnosis means for me, and also like how to advocate for myself in my full-time job because I just thought really naively that when you got diagnosed with something, an employer would know what to do. Like they would know what like reasonable accommodations you could have and this, that and the other, but they don't know anything. So I had to learn just from other autistic people, like what I can ask for, what's reasonable, what's not, and what would help me based on my sensory profile. So yeah, yeah, I've had to do a lot of work. So for me, it's made my life a lot better.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I never use it as an excuse for why I behave the way I do. Yeah. Um, I use it always as a reason um, and I don't tell everyone either when mm-hmm. I first got diagnosed I was like, I, like oh, I'm autistic this is me blah 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 and then every I used to get some really funny reactions sometimes like the standard one was oh everyone's a little bit autistic or oh it's all right for you because you can talk and you've got the easy kind and stuff so it made me a bit wary about who to tell so now I kind of don't like define me but at the same time, like I'll let people know if I feel comfortable telling them.
0: Yeah. No, that very similar to me with that. Um sorry, I've got ADHD my short-term memory is shocking. Um so I've I thought a <laughs> load of stuff to say then. But um just give me a second, I'll I'll remember. Um oh yeah, I was um I mean the last guest I had um was based in is based in America and um, I was saying some of the things that we have over here uh, in terms of differences. What, you know, because like America, I said a lot, a lot of what I see is like the curing thing, the disease, um, all that sort of stuff. Whereas over here, you probably do get that, but it doesn't seem to be as much. It seems more that, oh, you've got the easy type, like you've said there, or, you know, we're all autistic. And because I got a lot of that. Because um, when it sounds similar to me, when I got diagnosed, it was like, I want to tell everyone I'm autistic now, then automatically, Everyone like accepts it and like supports you and all this sort of stuff. Whereas in reality you get that sort of stuff instead. Um say with employer, you know, you tell your employer autistic, then they'll just treat you as they should do, but then you you get even worse in some cases. Um so yeah, I can resonate with a lot of that.
1: I left my last job. Because I was there for five years and it was kind of my last job that's made me seek to get a diagnosis because every time someone new came into the department, I just never seemed to get on with them. And it always used to be friction because it was like a change in a new person and it was a small team and it was really obvious to everybody that oh, Lucy's having issues with such and such because it took me a while to understand their like characteristics. It took them a while to get used to me. Um, yeah. so. In the end, I was like, "Look, I need to get this sorted because it's preventing me from moving up in my career." And then when I got diagnosed, I thought, "Great, they can help me now. Like, they'll be able to help me."
2: Yeah.
1: But, but what happened was the opposite. So they were like, "Oh, but because you've worked here without like noise counselling headphones for five years and this, that, and the other, they wouldn't, they weren't very like empathetic to the situation." So when I got furloughed, I was dead happy. I'd never been so happy for ages. And I was like away from it for three months. And then as soon as I went back, they like moved my desk into a noisier area of the like office and stuff like that. So in the end, I was like, nah, I'm leaving. So I just yeah. quit. I quit that job and found a new employer, thought I was gonna start afresh. And this employer's been amazing, to be fair. So I just can't can't complain. Yeah.
0: That's really good. Um the other thing I will point out, a lot of uh neurotypical not to be stereotyped, a lot of people wouldn't understand what I mean by this. But if you've been in a job for five years, that's a real, that like, big achievement. Because um, I mean, I've when I have worked for myself, but I've never. My longest job was three and a half years, um, and even then, I should have left it after about a year and a half, probably. Um, so, yeah, to to do it five years, it is an achievement um, considering the circumstances you've, you've described. So, so yeah. Um just wanted to point that out because
1: Oh yeah. I think I think like because I am the stereotypical like above average intelligence. So I was able to bring a lot to the company in a processing type way. It was yeah. just more the social way that I was having issues with. So mm-hmm. I've always got by just with my intelligence, but then my lack of social interaction within an office has always prevented me from moving that next step up. Yeah. If that makes sense. So because yeah. I'm because I'm autistic and I like routine and I like when I get a vibe of something, I am loyal. So I probably stayed longer than I should in certain companies just for the fact that I'm like unforgivably loyal, <laughs> I suppose.
0: Yeah, no, that does sound quite common um, with lot of people. Definitely. Um, definitely. So in terms of, yeah, once you knew you, once you knew you was autistic, how would you say it changed your life? I mean, I think you've spoke about quite a bit of this already. Was there anything you want to specifically say on that?
1: I think it just made me accept who I was more. Like um, I've lost a lot of friends. Well, what who I thought were friends since I got diagnosed, because I just realised I was just giving too much to that relationship, and I wasn't getting a lot back. Yeah. And I'm a lot more selfish now, like I don't, I have like social media breaks and I don't have to respond to a text straight away and like if I don't like something, I'm more likely to say, oh actually I don't like that behaviour because I don't understand it. So if someone's being sarcastic, I'm a bit more, like I don't get it. If someone tells me a joke now, instead of just laughing along with it, I'll just go I don't understand that or I'm just a lot more com- comfortable with myself, like a lot more happy in myself yeah. and I'm a lot more assertive now as well. If I don't put other people's needs before my own. It's very rare that I'll do that.
0: Yeah. That's really good. Really good. Um just on yeah, <clears throat> on the sarcasm thing, it's I think yeah, I mean, it's a stereotypical thing that a lot of people don't understand jokes and that. And some do, some don't, um, depending on whatever. But like I because I've got other conditions myself, it sort of balances it out a bit more. I can understand them easier. But there's still some instances where I don't get jokes, but you mask to laugh straight away, pretend you know it, and then you sort of try and figure it out after, because you've laughed.
1: Yeah, I used to do that all the time, like in school especially. like I'd yeah. be like, oh, and then I'd ask someone, I'd be like, do you, did you understand that joke, like, you know, away from the group? And then they'd yeah. have to explain it to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that on. one
1: for me was, um, we were learning about, I think it's cinnamons in school, in primary school, and one of them was "too many cooks spoil the broth." Right. Yeah. So I was like, I don't understand, like, why? What are we cooking? And I got sent out of the lesson because they yep. thought I was being funny. <laughs> they thought I was being funny, and then I was just like taking it down literally, like, well, you know, what are we, what are we cooking, sort of thing. And I just didn't get it. It, I literally, I play it over and over in my head because I have that thing where I get stuck on something until I've got a, an answer that I can be happy
0: with yeah so I won't let it go yeah no I I'm just completely understand that so like there's been a lot of things a lot of sayings like that I don't know if you've found this maybe not I don't know but there's been a lot of sayings like where I've heard people saying or oh, I've, oh, I've just said it myself naturally without actually understanding what they mean and then it comes like years later it's only the last few years where I've thought about stuff like like one is um, a bull in a china shop like now it makes complete sense to me, but because I never even thought about it before, it was like, it's like a bull in it. Because I've been, people have said to me, it was like a bull in a china shop. And I was like, I sort of didn't even think about it. And I thought about it later. I think, actually, no, I saw an advert on TV. There was a bull in a china shop. And I thought, oh, that's what that means. And then I thought, ah, oh, that. And it's quite obvious when I think about it, but I had to really properly think deep to get there, I guess. Well, there's so I... many.
1: I'm the same exact same as that. Like, if someone says something, I'm like, I'll use it in try and use it in that term or phrase where they've used it because I'm like, oh, obviously, that's the saying that neurotypical people say, and that's how that's the saying you use to be part of a group chat or a joke or whatever. And I won't actually understand what it means,
2: yeah. Yeah. And then
1: I'll find out if you have to ask or Google it. Google's literally my best friend. I love the fact that I can just Google anything now and just research.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. That makes a big difference. So many things when we were younger that we, didn't, we couldn't do with that. Um, another thing that is not it's a bit random, but a lot of things. Um, my last guest had on was, I believe she was 34. I'm 34. You're 34. Um, all late diagnosed. I don't know why I'm pointing that out, but I just like <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's quite funny as well. But yeah. <laughs> um. So... It's probably no. I don't know if that's an LCD thing, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of that.
1: With the dates, though, like so, next year is twenty twenty three, and my birthday is the twenty third of June twenty twenty three, and I'm hoping to get married on the twenty third of September twenty twenty three. And I'm like, this is weird. Like all of these, and da- all the dates mean something as well. So I'm like, oh, this is weird. It's like they're all syncing together.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. Stuff like sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thought
1: overthinking it, like, oh, it's a sign. It's a sign next year.
0: Yeah. No, I know exactly what I mean with that. Um, So I think you've answered part of this, but how did friends and family, or friends or family, respond to either your diagnosis or when you told them that you were autistic? So I think you've said, I will come back. Well, it's up to you if you want me to come back to friends or not. It's totally up to you, but Yeah
1: no no it's fine so my family because obviously like because I was late diagnosed my mom had to come with me to get assessed so yeah. it works like kind of a police interview so that's the only way I can describe it so you go into one room and the consultant interviews like you and your traits and then someone else will interview like a close relative that has known you for a certain amount of years or knows you the best and then they compare notes So I got told on the day um, when I went for my assessment that I was autistic. And I'll never, like, one of the things I've thought about since I've been diagnosed is I'll never hold it against my mum that I wasn't diagnosed earlier.
2: Yeah.
1: Because in my mum's eyes, I was just Lucy. Mm
2: -hmm. I wasn't
1: anything but Lucy. So all of my, like, quirks and mannerisms and everything, it was just me.
2: Yeah.
1: And I can't, like, resent or... That because that's how, in theory, everyone should treat everyone
2: as mm-hmm. just who
1: they are, right? So they should just accept people for who they are, and that's exactly what my mum did with me. So we knew something wasn't quite right because I was sent for like um, a dyslexic test in yeah. school um, and I got diagnosed as borderline dyslexic, and I was just seen, in, especially in primary school, as just the naughty child.
2: Mm-hmm
1: when i did eventually get diagnosed i told my partner and my partner was a little bit i think he was a little bit like scared of it at first because he didn't know what it meant but Uh it made sense because he used to say to me you're either dead high like dead like bouncing off the walls or you're really like depressed like crash and we figured out since like i've got alexivmia. so with my emotions like normally i just like sail through But if my emotions are quite extreme, I'll notice them more, but I can't identify them. So I'll feel an intense joy in my body, and that's when I'll be bouncing off the walls, or I'll just be, like, in a proper funk, and that's normally just due to burnout or something like that. But that used to get diagnosed as depression. So now then we have the diagnosis. I was like, this is great, and my partner agreed because then we could work on it. We could work on things that would help me. So now, like, he'll tap me to get my attention, and I hate it. So he now touches me like he'll hold my shoulder to get my attention so I don't get annoyed. And then I'm able to explain to him things. So I just walk around the house with noise cancelling headphones on, basically just watching Netflix or whatever. And we figured out how I can connect like my noise cancelling headphones to the tally. So if we watch a film together, I can watch it, but with my headphones on. So then he can eat like a packet of crisps or something. and I don't have to leave the room.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I I don't have headphones or anything. Um pop, yeah, I don't I mean, I listen to music and stuff, but if I'm watching a film with someone, I I don't know if this is linked tutorial, I don't know, but I have to have the telly on quite loud so that I can't hear any other noises in the background. Yeah. So then people moan at me saying the TV's on too loud, but if I turn it down. I can't listen to the TV because all I can hear is other things there. Um, So is that linked at all? Is that... Yeah.
1: So that's like uh, sensory processing, noise sensory. So my issue is like there'll be certain noises. So like eating, uh, crisp packets rattling. If you're eating a sweet quite loud as well, I can't stand it. So when I was younger, I, my mum couldn't drive basically. And my dad didn't live with us. So the only way we could get around was on buses. And I hated it because when I was growing up, it was in the ne- like late 90s, early noughties. And there wasn't the technology there is now. So I didn't have like a portable Walkman. It was all battery powered and stuff. So I couldn't like rely on a phone that would just play music. So I'd have to endure people like reading a newspaper, like stuff like that used to really stress me out. And I didn't know why. And my mum was like, it's just hormones, it's just hormones
0: god yeah so, but again again people didn't know about autism. So and didn't know, know
1: about it as much yeah so it was just like and then my brother found like a condition called misophonia
0: because
1: mm-hmm. my alarm clock used to be him eating his breakfast because he'd bash his spoon like on the bowl and yeah. it would send me into a rage like literally fight or flight it would send me into a rage and I'd quickly get dressed and try and get out the house to school as fast as possible to get away from that noise yeah um, and then my brother was like oh I've come across this and this is you and I read up on it and I was like oh my god that is I've got misophonia so I went to the doctors and was like look I think I know what's up with me now and they were like what and I said misophonia they like never heard of it I'm like yeah but what I like hit all these symptoms like I, I've something wrong with me and I, the amount of times I'd go back and they'd be like there's nothing wrong you've just got depression or anxiety or yeah. this and you're like no it's not because I'd go to a therapist and they'd be like it's good to be different I'm like that doesn't help me at all like it just doesn't help
2: yeah
1: and it was hindering so much in my life so f- with friends and things like I honestly I just don't tolerate people as much as much now as I used to mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm just like if you're not on board with what I'm about and if you're not on board with what I'm trying to do and who I am then you're not really a friend so I'm not going to invest time in you so yeah. my friendship circle's actually got a lot smaller since I got diagnosed, but I'm happy with that. Like, I don't mind. I like my own company and I don't feel like as pressured to, you know, if you are on a night out and things like that, and like, do you want to come? If I feel like, yeah. what I do now is I plan for that night out. So I might yeah. like have a few more nights on my own or, like try and recharge a little bit more use my sensory diet a little bit more before the night out so I'm not burnt out for work on Monday I literally have to plan like social weekends around work otherwise I end up going to work with sensory issues and the lot so yeah Yeah. it is hard but if you're disciplined enough it's manageable
0: yeah and that's where um so that's where I have an advantage of having adhd and other things um because i can go on nights out and stuff i mean it still drains me and the whole social thing whatever but i figured ways around that but i'm lucky that i don't have the the what you described there you know um what's the word you know you've been on night out that you just need to shut down for however many hours or days or whatever so yeah I'm quite lucky I don't have that. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, if I was like doing a party, going out and then the next day I had to do a social event and I'm doing social events every day, then yeah, I, I wouldn't cope with that. But I think if I didn't have the ADHD the OCD and other things, I would be very much like that. Um, definitely. Um I'm trying to think what else was. Oh yeah, the noise cancelling thing. Yeah, no. What I was saying earlier about the films and stuff. Yeah, it's because people would then say to me, you're deaf because you need the tell on real loud. It's the exact opposite that no, my hearing is like exceptionally good because I hear all the little things, which is why I need the TV on to, to cancel all that out. So yeah. Um, but no, it's good that you do that um, and you're comfortable doing it because, you know, if I wore headphones, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, oh, you're being ignorant and all that sort of stuff. But that's good that you're, you've got to that level where you can accept that and, and stuff. Um, but then again, I don't know. I think my ADHD then would work against me if I put headphones on, because then I'd be like, are people talking? Like, I'd be then, because I'm very nosy, as so I like to know everything that's going on. So it's like, I like organised chaos, whereas, so like my autism is the organisation side of it, So I would imagine you're more like, in tune with where there's the ADHD is a chaos and it's, um so yeah I don't know if that makes sense or not
1: it does because like since I've been diagnosed autistic I've been kind of wondering if I've got ADHD myself right, just okay. because I really I can't function without a routine like I really can't function without a routine but I also find routines insanely boring right, and every yeah. now and again I'll get to a point where I'm like okay I'm doing well in life I've got a routine but I'm bored let's mix it up a bit and as soon as I mix it up it all goes to pot like everything just goes, yeah, like, yeah, like that's the complete pot,
0: yeah, very much. Yeah, I, I, I do have that, <laughs> definitely.
1: But I'm, uh, but that's also can be an autism thing as well, so it's yes. complicated, I think. But I'm just going with I've got autism at the moment, I'm dealing with that, so we'll just see about anything else as it comes. But I've got OCD as well, like, I ritualize certain things, and I think if I don't do
0: that thing, then I'm not going to do as well or perform that well that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. I think just going back to thing, the, you know, whether you've got ADHD or not. Yeah, there's the whole crossover thing as well, isn't there? Where there's similarities with both. Um, so there's you know you've got autism as one thing, ADHD is another. But then you've got the crossovers, and that's where it can be, um, sort of confusing, I guess, can't it? Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: so, um. What was I gonna say now? Oh, just since you've had the diagnosis, have what level of support have you had? So uh, whether it's from family but also you know authorities or you know local companies or anything, have you had any support at all?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you get um I got my diagnosis on the in May of was it 2020 no 2019 2018 something like that yeah I think it's 2019 and then I was lucky enough to get a follow-up appointment with the same consultant um a few months later yeah because at the time they had the funding for it Mm -hmm. so I got my diagnosis got bombarded with tons of leaflets tons of like links to different things um and then I had about three months where I could kind of get to grips with it and then went back for another appointment and then they just kind of went through the leaflets and stuff and then that was it it was like to Arthur's no like autism therapist on with a gp and you've got the gp and you're trying to explain and they're like burnout what's burnout and you're just like oh god
0: you're educating them
1: yeah, yeah. You, you're having to educate them and then i'm currently going through the pip process applying for pip yeah. which is just so so much fun uh, yeah so because i don't have a counselor and I'm not under the mental health team it's completely gone against me but I tried to explain to her there's no mental health team to help me because there's no mental health team that supports people who are autistic so there's no point in having that but I pay for private therapy once a month mm-hmm. so I found yep. like a therapist who's also neurodiverse so I figured like they'll get it better mm-hmm. um and that's really helping me at the moment so I'd like to go more, but I can't afford it. And then PIP is at tribunal stage at the moment because they won't give it me because I'm not autistic enough. Yeah. And I don't I don't have a communication problem, even though I have been diagnosed with the disability in communication.
0: But yeah,
2: that's yeah.
0: I do find pip is part of me almost wants the the creative pip to say, you know, we do not support autistic individuals in a way because the amount of people I, I applied for it as well didn't get it, Um, which is on my list of things to, to apply for again when I find the time to because it just, as you know, it takes ages just to apply. It
1: just drags on, yeah, it drags on and on.
0: Yeah, but also, like I say, it almost makes me think, I wish they'd just say autistic people don't get it because then it's it's fault. I mean, I know I do know for fact some autistic people do get it, but it's like, or, or to, to change the criteria, because it just it's it's very misleading. Just saying if you're autistic, you can't get it, but then they tell you you're not autistic enough and stuff like which is just absolutely outdated and ridiculous. So
1: it's like the woman that got, I got, so I don't know what she did, but she she didn't have a clue what autism was when like on the assessment, so she led with the anxiety side of it yeah And I just kind of followed her lead and because I was like she's just got a clue what autism is um and then because I could hold a conversation with her she was like you don't have a problem with communication I'm like but it's masking like this is this is how I perceive but I can't cook like without my partner being home because I get distracted and I wear noise cancelling headphones and then I forget the timers on and I forget something's in it in like the oven and I've set the oven on fire twice this year, so I'm not allowed to cook quite without my fella at home. But because I can use a microwave, I don't qualify for those points.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Well, you can cook better than me. I I don't I don't cook at all. Um,
1: oh, and because I went to university as well, that went against me. Um. And because, like, I got through education, that all went against me as well. And even though I have reasonable accommodations at work, because I work full-time, that also went against me as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But... um. So...
1: Because oh. the whole point of PIP, from my understanding, because one of my neighbours gets it, so they give you money because when you have a disability, it costs you more to live.
2: Yeah.
1: And it for me, with the technology that I need... It mm-hmm. does because I need to upgrade my headphones that I use at home and the 300 quid. And yeah. I wish like Sony or Bose would do discounts for neurodiverse people that actually use their kit.
2: Yeah.
1: Or sponsor people. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like how Nike and Adidas sponsor athletes. Yeah. I don't understand why like Bose and Sony haven't got onto that yet with autistic adults. Yeah. I know loads of people that use noise cancelling headphones and it's well documented. But yeah. I think they're missing a trick with that. And
0: that's a very good point, I think, actually. Very good point.
1: Because it would help oh. me massively, but I, because I can't get pip and stuff, I'm having to save and just wait for a deal and, you know. Yeah.
0: But it's yeah, I mean, it's that's one one big part of it. And another thing is just, you know how draining it is. I mean, for you to do a full-time job, how, how much more energy you've got to expend mentally compared to the average person. So that all goes into the same thing that it's just harder to live, isn't it? It's, you know, cause we're on everyone else's terms still in a way. Um, yeah.
1: When I get home when I first got a therapist, they were like, what do you do to chill out? I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, I, d- I didn't understand. They, they're like, oh, well, when you get home, what do you do? And I was like, well, I normally put a wash on and sort of tend to the dogs and tidy up and do what I need to do. And they're like, yeah. And then what do you do? And I'm like, then I'll like go to the gym and go for a swim and do this that, and the other. And like, so do you actually ever sit down and just de-stress, de- like de- de-compress? And I'm like, no.
2: Yeah. Because I
1: was living like a neurotypical life. But now when I get in... I watch a half an hour program on my Netflix, undisturbed, just de-stress, and then I'm um, everyone's for the evening till bed, like sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Um, so do you have um? You've already mentioned some of them. Do you have any other conditions or slash slash disorders or differences? Um, she so me. mentioned. Yeah, it? OCD.
1: Um. <laughs> And then I suffer with anxiety because of self-esteem issues from bullying. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like if I wasn't bullied as a kid and mm-hmm. actually in employment as well, because I've been, I've unfortunately experienced bullying in employment.
2: Yeah.
1: I'd be a lot in a much better mental, healthier state now because I wouldn't have to mask as much and I wouldn't be so stressed about what other people thought of me or what my actions could create.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I understand but
1: that. unfortunately, I was. So it's about like learning to trust the people around me that they're not going to do the same. And so far, like they don't. And if there is any issues, I normally pretty quick to bring them up and get it nipped in the bud. But there hasn't been so far.
0: Yeah. No, it's good that you've... Obviously, not. it's not good, the uh, the bullying, etc. But it's good that you, you're allowing yourself to be yourself more now. Um like I said with the friends thing earlier that you're not as you're not bothered that you've lost certain friends because they shouldn't be in your life anyway if they're not willing to to accept. Uh, yeah, I mean the, I've not
1: like I've not fallen out with anyone or anything like that. It's just I stopped just, putting the effort in.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was like, I'll see if they text me or see if they and they don't. So
2: Yeah.
1: It's more energy draining for me to reach out to someone because I have to mask even on social media and things you're masking
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i didn't realize i was doing that and then i was thinking you know when you put a comment on someone's post you're like is that an okay comment to do and then you i look, I scan through everyone else's comments and see what they've commented
2: yeah
1: and i'm like oh do i want to be controversial or do i want to just be like oh, and then eventually i look at it for like five minutes sometimes i'm just like no let's just move on
0: yeah
1: not a safe one to put on that
0: yeah Then the other thing is, I don't know if you get this, where you don't want to put the exact same comment as someone else so it looks like you're copying it.
1: So you mend it a little bit, like you'll mix two comments together. Yeah. Normally if someone's died, and this is going to sound like proper grim, but if someone's died and people put, I'm so sorry for your loss and things like that, and then I'll look and go, okay, I want to comment, but I don't want to be like dead cheesy. Yeah. But but I don't want to be like insensitive. So I'll put, I'm sorry to hear this. Hear me if you need. Yeah. And then that's it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, don't inbox me because I'm, I'm not really here if you need me, but I'll reply. <laughs> <Sort of thing. laughs>
0: yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. It, no, I totally get that. And it's like even with birthdays and stuff, it's like like some people put the exact same message on to everyone. And part of me really wants to do that because of the uni- uniformity of it. But then... I don't do it. So what I do is I, I think about the person. I think, would they prefer it if I put a kiss on the message or zero kisses? Do I put how many emojis do I put on? Do I put one, none or three? Um, You know, do I put their name in it? Do I put happy birthday? What their name is? Do I put happy birthday, mate? Do I put hope you have a good day? And all this sort of stuff. And just doing that on a birthday message on Facebook can drive me insane.
1: I do that. So I'm exactly the same. I'm like, right, I don't know this person that well, but I still speak to them. So... We'll go with the uh, no kiss, but with the emoji, and then, yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm the exact <laughs> same. It's people probably listen to this going, "Oh my god, it does not take that much thought." But you honestly, that's yeah. my brain like every day.
0: Yeah, well, this fits into like the, the Pip thing, and not exactly. But what I mean is, like, if you imagine every little thing like that takes so much energy, um, so somewhere along the line it's it's going to cost you in some way, whatever that is, but it's, you know, if you're physically having to do more each time, so you're going to have less energy in that sense. So you're not going to be able to perform as well in certain things, or you, some, something's going to have to give somewhere, um, isn't it? So it's because it's impossible.
1: It's not even that. It's like, so what they were saying to me was, oh, you can hold down a full-time job and you're never off sick sort of thing. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm never off sick because... I'm loyal and I don't like to let people down. So I'll go in even if I'm like on the edge sort of thing, but I have a really good relationship with my manager. So I can go in and just be like I'm having a bad day and then they'll know like then, right. She's not on form today. And he kind of, what he does is he'll send me like emojis or gifts or a bit of bands and stuff, make my day a little bit easier, a little bit less pressured
2: that's good, but yeah. In a way
1: of like making it appealing to my what I like more, so not changing like what I do in work. He just changes his approach. It's really only a it, it's a little thing, but it, it just makes a massive difference. Like he'll just change his approach slightly on something, mm-hmm. and it'll just make a massive difference.
0: That's really good. Really good. Yeah. Really good.
1: It's really rare as well. It's like, well, sorry. It's really rare. It's proper rare as well.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I don't know anyone personally that would do that. So yeah, that's really good. Um so do you see um autism a bit of a controversial question by, like asking it? Do you see autism as a disability?
1: Right. So I've I like this question because I have a bit of a controversial answer to it. So yes. For me, it's only a disability when the environment's not right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you put me in an environment that heightens all my sensory issues, yes, it's a disability. I won't be able to function in that environment at all. But if you meet my needs, then no, it's not so much a disability. So I'll still have the energy, and I'll, but I'll be able to perform a lot better.
0: Yeah. it's It's interesting how many people have asked this question and I've said this before in one of the other podcasts. I'd say I don't know, ninety percent potentially have said similar thing, um, because of the guests that I have on who who are neurodiverse, um, have a similar sort of background. Um, I tend to find as well, um, the late diagnosed ones seem to say the exact same thing in one way or another, whereas the ones who diagnosed as kids maybe one way or other that's what seemed to find um but yeah i mean i i I agree with that exactly um i don't think it is a disability but it depends on the environment as as you say i think um
1: i also like the question so if you got diagnosed at school do you think you'd have been as successful at school if you were successful or not
0: I wouldn't have been as successful in adulthood. I'm adamant of that. Um, would have been ex- in successful in school. Um, depends how they treat you because then if they started, um, it's one of those because in 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 a good way, you could say that you'd get all the accommodations support you needed. So, for example, doing exams, I actually failed a couple of my GCSEs. Because I was off sick. Um, but for the the last day where I was still ill, they said you can come in, you can come in and just sit in a classroom on your own and do your test. Had I have known that on the first day of me being ill, I would have done all three exams. Um, but I didn't want to be ill in front of everyone else, but I could have done it on my own. So I would have actually passed a few of my GCSEs. So in that instance, that would have helped me out. But on the other side of it, I might have been limited. Um, you know, told I can't do this, I can't do that, and the opposite side. So it depends what sort of support I'd have got, which way they'd gone with it. Now knowing autism back then, which no one did, it'd probably been the latter one, which would have I'd have been, I don't know where I, I don't know where I could have bloody been in a hospital, diagnosed with all sorts of stuff. I've not got um, like I don't know, they could have said I've got. I don't, I don't know it's one of, I, I would I would say no I'm I wouldn't change the path of being on for a second um but that also doesn't mean it's not been a real struggle at the same time um, yeah,
1: that's my exact thoughts on that as well yeah I feel like if I'd have got diagnosed in school would I have been put in for the higher papers would I have been given those opportunities or would they have gone no you can't do that because it'll be too much stress and it'll be this it'll be that Mm -hmm. but likewise if I'd have known that I was autistic and also borderline like obviously with the dyslexia as well so do you know the English papers do you remember doing like English and you used to have to read that um, normally you'd get like uh, 10 minutes or 15 minutes at the start of the exam to read the passage yeah I never ever got to the end of the bloody passage in that 15 minutes and everyone else would be finished and writing and I'd be half an hour still trying to understand this passage
2: yeah
1: now i know that i'm autistic i probably could have done with an extra 15 minutes and been put in a room on my own Mm -hmm. and how i used to get round it was i used to start my exam like just reading half of it and then try and go back to it and figure it out so i still got an a and a b on the english and english Lit, but had i known i was autistic and needed that little bit of extra time i might have done even better because i would have been able to read the piece more
0: yeah totally totally agree with that as well um i had a similar experience and because i've got adhd as well i spent well it's all of a mixed in anxiety adhd all mixed together but i spent the first few minutes not even looking at the paper i was more like looking around me seeing if anyone was looking at me and all that sort of stuff being aware of my surroundings and trying to get over all that before I could even concentrate looking at the paper. So I'd always start reading the paper late and then try and catch up. Um and then not read it properly, like you've said, read after it or whatever, and then refer back to it, keep referring back to it. Um and then all the noises, you know, if anyone dropped a pencil on the floor and stuff. Yeah. Or all, all those sort of things as well. Teachers walking around where you could hear their shoes like on floor. Um you know they walk they walk around really slowly. Yeah, making out that they're not distracting when they're doing the exact opposite. All I can... I'm wanting to hurry up and walk past me so I don't have to hear the foot. You know what I mean? The foot's making noises, if you know what I mean? The yeah, shoes. I,
1: just, I used to stress that of two things in exams, so one was being next to a pen clicker. Yeah. like That was a big no. And the second one was I was always stressed that I'd open up the paper and will not be able to answer the first question. Yeah. Once I got past the first question, I was fine. But if I, if I opened that paper and I couldn't answer the first question, I'd get stuck on that first question for too long.
0: Yeah. I get what you mean. Um. Yeah. so Yeah, I, I think I had that as well. And how did you find, like, you know, if you couldn't answer a question, like, say you're on question eight or whatever, and you just – I don't know if you have this or where you just can't, you don't want to answer it. It was too much thought to go into it. So you'd move on, but then you never really have time to come back to it. And you get like wound up, sort of stressed about not coming back to it. And you want, so ideally I'd imagine you want to do a question one to 30, whatever in order, but then yeah. you also, you have to move on at some point, but then coming back to it can be really hard.
1: I used to, it used to happen a lot in maths, like maths questions for me, more than, Anything else? So, yeah. I'd, what I'd do is I'd look at it and go, oh, and then I'd think about uh, previous papers we'd done, especially in science ones. Sometimes it would give you a clue in a later question in yeah. science, like as to what the other question was. So, I'd always remember that off a teacher, like I'd just move on. And then if I saw it, it might jot like one word could jog like the memory, do you know what I mean, of another question yeah. for the answer yeah. to the other one. So, I'd just yeah. move on and be like, oh, I remember it now and then I'd quickly go back and then be like, oh, but I'd always move on to the next question with that question still in my head. So I'd be yeah. trying to answer, like, the next question but I'd be like, oh my God, what is that, the answer to that? And I'd constantly be trying to think, think about it.
2: Yeah. But yeah. I'd be like,
1: oh, I need to finish, I need to finish the exam. I didn't want to, like, not finish But it's and sometimes, like, in maths I used to just put a random number.
0: Yeah.
1: Just, just so anyone would answered it
2: yeah
0: probably
1: totally wrong but I was like oh well put it on
0: yeah I, I used to do that yeah because like if you fail if you complete a test even if you're passive you're not answering all the questions you you feel like you failed still yeah. don't yeah
1: yeah exactly so I used to put everything and anything
0: <laughs> yeah so we're on to the other questions I'll ask you if there's a couple of random ones in here um what is your favorite color if you have a favorite color
1: Mine's blue, but it's not associated to autism. Speaks. It's just always been blue. Like, <laughs> just want to make yeah. it not very clear.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't know why. I just like the color blue. I find it quite calming.
0: Well, my my favorite color is light blue. Um, obviously, again, nothing to do with anything else. Um, anything bad for that is, but yeah, yeah. I've I've I mean I've done research into colors. I mean, it depends on where you look. People say different things, but I know a lot of people have said blue is generally a good colour. I don't know too many people have said anything bad about it, to be fair. Like old, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you have any special interests? And if so, what are some of them?
1: So I'm big into sport. Sport was one of my only ways I could connect. Well, it still is the, one of the only ways I can connect with people. I've been lucky enough that quite naturally talented at it. Yeah. So, at school, I was sports captain. I used to run on the cross-country team for the county and things like that. And I got a lot of my respect from my sporting accolades. Um, yeah. It was also how I used to get on with the boys because I used to get teased a lot by the boys. But I'd beat them in running and, like, football and stuff like that. So... It soon became like if they picked on me, I could basically say, Well, let's just go to the track at PA, I'll beat you on the track. It's fine.
2: Yeah. Kind absolutely. of like
1: Yeah. So I don't really have like you know how some autistic people have a special interest and they can tell you absolutely everything about like that special interest. Yeah. If I'm if I need something new, like new headphones or new running trainers or something like that, I can tell you all about them like from the technology that's used in them, the battery life and things like that. But I don't have like just a go-to special interest on things. Right. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, see, the first part that you said there with the sports side of it, that was very much like myself. Um, and I did cross country, um, representing my school, that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, that was a way of me, Succeeding in school as well, I guess. Um, I did like, not all sports, but general most sports I did like. I liked being outside more. I didn't like being in the classroom. Um, thinking back now, obviously, the lights, the sensory, just too much anxiety in those situations as well, whereas outdoors, it, I, I was less anxious. Uh, and if I was running, it was more about sort of willpower than like, all my anxiety went away then, I guess. But I still think- had it, yeah.
1: I think what I like about sports is you do reap what you sow with sports. So the more effort you put in, you do tend to get a lot of accolades out of it, and it's probably one of the only things in life where if you do actually put the work in, you will see the results somewhere.
2: Yeah.
1: And I, I I've always liked that consistency with sports, with the rules and regulations and the fairness of it as well.
2: Yeah.
1: So for me, it's like there's a winner, there's a loser. And it's whoever gets, whoever puts in the most effort, the most energy, the most time will win. And that's what I've always been drawn to, I think, with sports. It's just that
0: structure of it. And it's, is it like black and white as well? That sort of stuff as well?
1: Put it this way, like the gyms, one of the only places I can go to, like a public gym where yeah. I don't need noise cancelling headphones, feel very comfortable in a gym. Right. Very yeah. comfortable, like very like, this is fine. Because you know people aren't going to be eating. Yeah. Yeah not going to be like rattling papers and stuff like that most do not chat on the phone it does annoy me though if people do talk on the phone on the treadmill winds me off something rotten yeah
2: um
1: but yeah it's it's like most people are there for the same purpose like they want to get fit they're working on something so for me i'm very comfortable in situations like that because everyone's achieving a common goal Mm -hmm. like i think the problem the only thing, if I'd got diagnosed early, right? So if I'd got diagnosed before I entered employment, I wouldn't work in an office. Yeah. I wouldn't have chosen a career in an office. I'd have done something more practical, like sporting, like PT or mm-hmm. swimming instructor or something like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have worked in an office. Mm-hmm. I just went down the neurotypical um, after school, like everyone goes and works in an office because that's where the money is. Yeah. And because I got told I'd grow out of the noises. Issue. Um, I thought it would be fine after a few years and it just really was not fine.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I like I don't think people understand the whole noises thing. It's like when when I ask for like accommodations and stuff, um it can sometimes be seen as favours yeah. by other people, like or they're being favoured. Like mm-hmm. if I didn't have these accommodations, I wouldn't be able to work in an office because I'd I just it's like it's insane like what it does to my body but all I can say is I just need to get away from that noise my head just goes you need to get away from that noise not because something yes. bad's going to happen but I mean something bad might happen to that person but like because I was <laughs> just going into a fit of rage but yeah. I'm just like I need to get away from that noise
2: yeah no no
1: there's an issue like a couple of weeks ago where um someone had brought in a, a keyboard from home like yeah. a different keyboard and I could hear it really bad. I thought I seen it as I came in and I was like, I'll see how it go with it. Cause I've got my noise canceling headphones on. Yeah. And by the end of day two, I was, walk- I went outside and just broke down crying and was like, I need, I can't, I can't work here. I'm going to have to take a-, a sick day or whatever.
2: Yeah. And so
1: it was like, no, no, you don't. And it was sorted where they were told to bring the company keyboard back in to where Because my manager actually, he got people like the wireless keyboards because they're quieter to help me. So in my area, I wasn't like totally stressed.
0: Yeah. That's good that you've got that sorted eventually though. That's good. Um,
1: Someone asked me, one of my friends asked me actually, what do you do if women get the nails done? You know, like the long tappity nails
2: and stuff. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, well, in those instances, I just have to endure it because you can't say to someone. Yeah. Like, because I've got this, because it's not far. So I just have to endure it, bear with it.
0: Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and that's the thing as well, like, what you said about people with fav- like saying it with favoritism and stuff a few minutes ago, yeah, that's completely wrong. But I think a lot of us are understanding that we can't have it all our own way at the same time, and I don't think none of us want that or, or ex- expect that. So that instance, like you can't tell someone to how they, you know, dress themselves or whatever. That, that, that that's fine, but and that that's the thing. It, it's just making it so it worse for everyone. So in that instance, yeah. It might be a bit uncomfortable for you, but I think obviously you accept that. Whereas if it's other things like described earlier, then that is completely different and there can be things done to, to prevent that.
1: It's like small change. I don't know if you find this, but small changes for me make the world a difference.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's like you wouldn't ask someone that couldn't walk, that was disabled, to drag themselves up the stairs, you'd install a lift. Mm hmm. Or you'd move, you'd accommodate it and you move to the ground floor. Yeah. And it's the same with invisible disabilities.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, um, so is there anything else you want to say on that bit before I move on? Nope. Okay. Um, So, other question is, if you could meet any celebrity or famous person, past or present, who would it be and why? And you you can say no one. Or you could say a couple of people if you want.
1: Uh, probably Eminem.
0: That's on my list as well, actually. I'd, I'd, I've got too many I want to meet, but he's definitely... I don't know if it would be number one, but he might be. But yeah, no, that's interesting you say that. Um, do you want to elaborate on that?
1: I just... He got me through, like, high school. I swear to God, like, his music, everything just got me through. I, I resonated so much with it. Um, and then I found out recently that he's also, like, autistic as well. Yeah. And just yeah. h- how he puts words together in his rhymes and everything, I'm like, yeah, I can totally – I just really like the guy. I like the fact that he's he's just himself, mm-hmm. basically, and he doesn't care about what anyone thinks. And it's like – I'd like to meet someone like that to see how they coped with it. Because he's got a weird stance on money as well, Eminem. Yeah. Like he 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 could have like massive fancy watches and stuff, but he's like, I just need something that tells the time, and I can relate to that a lot. Like you don't need fancy stuff; you just need what will get you by.
0: Yeah, I think I read about that the other day about the watch. Literally only like last week or something. I'm sure it was. Um, yeah,
1: I think it was on like a reel on a YouTube reel for me, and someone was like commenting. He was on an interview on one of those American talk shows.
0: Might be the same when I watch them, potentially. Yeah. Have you heard the song "Wicked Ways"? Not yet, no. You'll have to play that one because it it mentions autism in there, but there's a caveat. I don't know what I don't know if you use it, but it does say Aspergers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what your views on that. I don't need to get into that, but um, I mean, I don't use that word person myself, but.
1: Um- well, I wasn't diagnosed with it, but I respect people that were diagnosed with it and still choose to use it because it's yes their choice. That's my yeah. view on it. Like, I'm not going to tell someone to not use it if that's what they were diagnosed with and that's what they were comfortable.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I 100% agree with that. I mean, if someone says I've got it, I will completely say, no, I'm autistic.
1: Yeah, but- same. Oof. Yeah. If, if it's a neurotypical people saying yeah. it, I educate them on the history. But if it's an actual person that's been diagnosed with it saying that that's how they identify them, I have yeah. got no right to tell them not to do that.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Um, but yeah, that song, you probably like that one. Um, I think he mentions it in the first 30 seconds, I believe. Very, very, fairly quickly. But yeah.
1: One of his other albums. Um I think it's I think it's called Beautiful or something like that. And the lyrics in that describe autistic burnout perfectly. It's like try walking in my shoes and stuff.
0: What's that called? Beautiful.
1: I think so, yeah. Um I don't want to set my Spotify off just in case, but I'm sure it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's a song Beautiful. It's on his um Look at that one. You should listen to that one because that just describes like autistic burnout, like, yeah, perfectly.
0: Yeah. No, oh, thanks for that. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm a massive fan of like Godzilla mentions ADHD in there, and
1: um, I like Godzilla, it's my gym song. Like, yeah, even on the treadmill, Eminem's on, like,
2: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Then there's one that mentions OCD. It's one of the ones with Rihanna in. I forget which one it is now. Um,
1: I think I know. I think I might know which one it is. I know which one you mean anyway.
0: I think it's... Oh, is it Monster, that, um, that Yeah, one?
1: Po- possibly. I, think I just one. think he's... Honestly, I think he's just a genius. Like, yeah. just everything about him as well. Just, like, the fact that he's a white man that made it in a black man's industry. and. Yeah.
0: No, I like I said... I couldn't agree more with you on, on that. Yeah, I just I mean I bought like one of I've got one of his books because uh, he's released a few books, hasn't he? And um wanna get the other one soon as well. Um so yeah. Um so oh is there anything you want to say on that for I move on? No, no. Okay. Um so yeah, a few things um you know could talk about. So I know you're quite passionate about um sort autism diagnosis in women and how there's a lot of misdiagnosis of other things etc so is there anything you want to talk about in on that in particular
1: all i would say is like what frustrates me about like autism and the diagnosis in women is it's always put down to hormones like the reason why you behave in that way is just your hormones like I, i that's exactly what i used to get told I got accused of being on drugs a couple of times by teachers and stuff because of how my, like, how joyous I was sometimes. Or, like, sometimes, like, me and my mates would just laugh. And then once we started laughing, I just couldn't stop laughing. And they were like, are you on something? I'm like, no, I just can't control, like, how I'm laughing. It's the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm masking as well when I'm in school. And my friends seem to pick up the fact that, I was a lot louder than them. So when they were whispering on carpet time in primary school and then I'd start whispering, I'd get caught and sent yeah. out. Um, or, I'd, or I'd laugh at the wrong time at a joke. Yeah. Um, I used to get that awful thing of, you know, when something bad's happened and you start laughing?
2: Oh, see, yeah. I, yeah. I, I yeah.
1: don't get it as much now as an adult, but if someone like said to me, oh, my mum's died, I'd laugh yeah and then it would be like the world's ended everyone would be like you can't do that and then because people would like jump on me for doing it the next time I'd laugh more because I was more nervous about it or I'd go like get really anxious like oh my god I've got bad news I'm gonna laugh I'm not gonna be able to cope with it it's gonna be like dead inappropriate how I react um and I mean like all from my 20s I got put on like antidepressants uh told I had anxiety um when All along, it was just autism and burnout. It was just cycles of burnout. So I'd maybe start a new job or start like a new hobby and I'd be like really refreshed. But then I'd overdo it on like the social scene and try and keep up with everyone else in relation to being social. So being on Xbox too long, too late at night, socialising there. And then I also had like a customer-facing job. I was at Morrison's for five years.
2: Yeah.
1: And I didn't realise I was obviously autistic. So... It was hell on earth for me, that job. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know how I stuck it out for five years, but customers would always be like, smile. Might never happen. Oh, you've got a lovely smile. But my face is just, like, yeah. serious face. Like, I'm getting you through the queue, aren't I? Like, what's the problem? Like, uh, yeah, it was just, but I was seen as just difficult. By certain people, it was just, you difficult or you're not management material because what i used to do was to fit in i'd dumb myself down yeah so people would not take me seriously and have pants and things but then it would just if if boundaries from employers were not clear so if there was banter in the office or office banter politics that's a big massive red flag for me so Where I work now is quite corporate, but not dead corporate. It's still quite relaxed. but You know how you're expected to behave at all times. Mm -hmm. And that goes for everybody and everyone's treated the same. So for me, that is like the biggest help because I know how I need to present myself in the office and there's no deferring from it. Mm -hmm. Because everyone else pretty much behaves the same way and it's very rare that anyone oversteps the mark. But in the last couple of places that I've worked... It was the opposite. So they'd use like it was blatant bullying and um, but they just disguise it as banter. And then when you yeah kind of did the same to them. So for instance, like the MD in my last company, he used to come up and he'd always make a comment about my parents and think it was funny. So yeah. I started doing the same to him.
2: You right. can because you're yeah.
1: Yeah. So I then it was, oh, can you um come into my office, I need to speak to you. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And he's like, look, I feel uncomfortable, like, coming upstairs because every time I come upstairs, you make a comment about what I'm wearing. And I was like, But you do that to me. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, so what's the problem? And he was like, yeah, but I own this business. And I, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, like, coming up the stairs because every time you come up, you say that I look like I'm wearing a picnic table or a picnic cloth or whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, well, that's fine. But if you don't want me to speak to you like that, then don't speak to me like that don't come up and make a comment about what I'm wearing because you're giving me permission then to do that. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, but I'm I'm like, I don't care what you are. Like, if you're coming up saying to me what you're wearing that for, you look like X, Y, and Z. Yeah. On, usually on Dress Down Friday, then don't expect me to not say the same to you when you come up because you're saying it to me in front of people so you're going to get it back because you're giving me permission by doing it to me.
0: Well, I mean, that's, to me, that's common sense, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I mean, it just shows, like, I, I'm not saying this is a neurotypical thing because you can't, you know, there are a hell of a lot of, you know, nice tickles out there. It's, it's more neurotypical, uh what's the word, hierarchy thing. Um, oh, you
1: know. Do you know what, like, titles, I don't know what you think about titles, but I don't care if you're, like, the CEO of a massive company or the cleaner, I'll speak to you the same.
0: Exactly. I mean, I can give you one instance. It wasn't how I spoke to him, but um, I worked for a big corporate in my last job, and um, I can't remember what the title was. She was the CEO. She's literally like she was on like five hundred grand a year or six hundred grand a year. She's like the head of the whole company, um, like thousands of employees and whatnot. She happened to come into our into our office because we were in the head office one one day, and it was like having the queen in. And um, she'd go around like greeting everyone and I was on a call because I was doing my job funnily enough and um she like tapped me on the shoulder like say hello and I just turned around and just stuck the thumb up her um that's like, like hey you're right and uh they carried on doing what I'm doing and, and everyone like I can't believe you've just done that and I'm like what the hell were I meant to do I'm on I'm on the phone to someone to a customer like doing my job like it's because I stuck my thumb up but like I couldn't be both like what am I meant to do like greet her like I don't know, bow down or something that I don't even know. But they all found it funny at least anyway. Um because everyone else knew what to do. They knew to just I don't know, just I don't Everyone's know.
1: Everyone's how... like it's like I used to get not in my last job but the job prior. So there used to be a sales director and he was proper like high up in the company sort of thing. It was a it was a really big corporate like you. Um and I always used to he used to wear like these proper wacky ties. Yeah. Um, And he's come over um, because I was one of the order processors. And we'd have a bit of like bants, but it was polite bants, Like I would call it polite bants. And my manager looked at me and was like, why do you get to speak to him like that? How are you getting away with speaking to him like that? And I'm like, he's a normal person, just like any other person. Like the Mm -hmm. CEO used to do stand up Monday. Oh, he's proper old fashioned every once a month. Yeah. And I used to walk up the stairs with him and be like, Oh, how was your kids? You know, how was your weekend, this, that, and the other? No one else used to do that. Yeah. I'm like, he's just a person, like he came out of someone's stomach like everybody else. Like, he still has to go to the toilet and wipe his bum. Like, you know, he's no different to me. That's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, no, exactly, but it it baffled me for years how people don't say that way, but I have now accepted that people are different. I don't agree with it at all. I think it's silly, but if that's how people want to be. Then, as long as I I don't have to go out, then then yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, um, what else am I going to say? Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's there's quite a lot of things I could talk about really. Um, just in terms of your your, your company, um, do you want to just talk about that briefly? about what, what you do?
1: Yeah, so I basically research construction, um, which actually it fits with my personality really well because I'm quite nosy. Um, and I did a geography degree, so I'm pretty clued up on construction and the environment and things like that. So I actually really enjoy my job. Um, I basically ring... So I, I call people cool. every day, basically, um, yeah. and try and find out where projects throughout the UK are, are going. Um, yeah. It's all targeted as well which also works quite nicely for me because i like that sense of achievement at the end of the day and it holds me to a boundary so i know how much work i need to be getting done in the day so i know if i hit my target for the day in the month i've done a good job yeah whereas if i didn't have that target it's like well am i doing a good job i used to set myself in my other jobs like my own targets
2: yeah
1: myself like amused whereas here i don't have to do that so then, yeah. Can't slack yeah. off though, that's the only problem.
0: Yeah. And so in terms of um, what else you do? So you're self-employed as well. Um so what, what does that entail exactly?
1: So I just try and when I got diagnosed, I realised there wasn't really a one stop shop for autism. As in like you couldn't just go to like one website and find everything you needed all the resources so I've tried to create my own website where you can just go to it and then there's all the resources and it it even includes it needs updating which I'm hoping to do like during my Christmas break because it's difficult when you work full-time as well yeah um but it's like it's got all these resources so like to scope um the National Autistic Society and um but one of the resources I do actually quite like is scope. So when you're requesting reasonable adjustments, they have templates already downloaded there. So you can just send them if you wanted to, like on a more formal basis to your manager or HR person. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just to kind of connect with people and learn more. Cause I learn more about myself all the time. Yeah. It's to give that hopefully platform for other autistic people to because what the initial idea was eventually you know people would um advertise their services for free on my website so like other autistics that are tattoo artists or you know like have their own like graphics company graphics design and stuff can advertise their services on my website
2: website.
1: Mm -hmm. people would be able to go to it and help themselves or yeah. have that platform to support other neurotypical or other or neurodiverse people, sorry.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds really good. Um makes a lot of sense. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people wanting to be to be involved with that. Um so I'm just conscious uh, of, of the time as well, but is is there any um is there anything else you want to particularly talk about or bring up or you think is, is worth Hearing.
1: The only thing I would say is I've seen a lot online lately about unmasking, you know, after you've been diagnosed and there's that yeah, exactly. unmasking thing. All I would say on that is I don't fully agree with it. Cause as soon as I let my mask slip a little bit, it seems like everyone picks up on it straight away. Like what's wrong with you? What's why aren't you yourself today? And this that, and the other.
2: Yeah.
1: So what I'd say to other autistics that are unmasking, is it's great that you can do that, but just be mindful that not everyone is is in that like privileged position to be able to to do it for one reason or another.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Um, I mean, I've not completely unmasked no in a million years. I've I've done it in stages and and whatever, but yeah, I find it easy when I meet new people now <laughs> because. They don't have to see the old me now, they can just see me as, as I am now, so that's a lot easier. Um, it's more people I've known for years that so, well, some people know for years. I don't even change at all I, it's just easier for me to carry on as I were, it, as long as I see them in small doses, sort of thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, but no, I, I feel that's a very valid point. Um, and there's you know, you, you. For some people, you do have to be careful how much you mask as well because it can go the opposite way for you. So it depends on your situation, doesn't it, and who you've got around you, I think.
1: I think I've uh, got, like, a good balance with it now. Like, yeah. I don't... I definitely, like, I used to hold eye contact all the time, but um I don't anymore. Like, I'm quite comfortable to not hold eye contact with someone if it means that I'm going to have a better conversation because I can actually understand what they're saying.
2: Yeah.
1: And I quite like because i've got that good really really good relationship with my manager i was having a problem with um teams meetings mm-hmm. like couldn't follow it like you know when in a big group i was like I, i'm just really struggling here with thingy. and he was like there's captions on teams and i was like what you're on about captions on teams it's like it's like subtitles when people are speaking oh right wow, okay I was like, well, how would you do that then? So he like, showed me how to do it. And now whenever I'm on a Teams meeting with a group of people, I put captions on, so if I miss something they've said, I can just quickly glance back and see what it was. And it's Possibly. been a, been a yeah. game changer for me, that.
0: Didn't know about it. Mean, I don't like Teams just because it um, it cost me some money, basically. I would, anyway, uh, I meant to do some online sessions and it just decided not to work for like, several weeks. Um, but I do join Teams calls now, and other people sort of do them, so that that would help actually. Because in fact, the only Teams calls I tend to be on are group calls.
1: Yeah, because it's like the three dots on the sides, and it's it says something like start live recording, start script chat, and then it, there's one underneath saying captions, and you can just press them, and it doesn't let everyone else know that you've got them on. Right. Yeah. It just scrolls off like when people are talking. It's proper good.
0: I'll be good that. So when I drift in and out as well, that'll help. Yeah, definitely. It is good. That's good. Thanks for that. Um, so, yeah, thanks for, for being on the podcast. Um, it's been great to have you. Um, and, yeah, hopefully people have listened have picked up a lot, which I'm sure they will have done. Um. So, yeah, thanks for, for being on, Lucy. And for those that are listening, hope you've enjoyed it as well.
1: No, yeah, thanks very much for having me, Ben. appreciate it.
0: No problem at all. Thanks, guys.